0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? What's up? Congratulations if you won. Mm-hmm. Uh, condolences yeah, if you choked. Myself. Yeah. I don't know if I would rather lose. Like, would you rather uh, a not make the playoffs at all? B losing the first round C losing the second round or D losing the championship. Um,
1: I'd rather miss the playoffs to be honest, what I'm doing. Uh, I think then it's followed by losing in the second round because you were close. Been yeah. losing in the first round. Cuz it sucks that you lost in the first round or whatever. And then the worst one is losing in the championship for sure. Yeah.
0: I lost <laughs> by 3 points. 3 small points. So close, yet so far away. Yeah. I'll figure it That's out just... a, I'll figure it out next year. I feel a lot better than I thought I would the next day, but I was very depressed.
1: <laughs> I mean, you were Three points away from your yeah. first yeah. Wow. home league chip with the commissioner curse yeah. on it, the line.
0: This freaking vacated, but it's not going to happen. It's not, and no, I it's think not. you had
1: at least arguably the best team, but if not, you had the better team than your opponent,
0: in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is what it is, I guess. But onwards and upwards, if you won, let's get started for next year. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Repeat. And, uh, and, and for you that lost uh, your – well, see, here – I guess this does apply because uh, we recorded this on Monday, but uh, anything that we say here doesn't really matter pertaining to Tuesday. Um, as the postseason uh, goes along, by the way, uh, we will cover uh, some different aspects of it, talk about some news that happened and discuss some things. But um, as it should get interesting, this week's football I felt was fantastic. Next week, don't don't miss any of it, Rick. Well, uh, the
1: Saturday games I can't watch. Although Saturday night, I might be able to catch the end of that, which is the one I would want to watch anyway, because the first one is like Chiefs and Raiders or something, which I don't care about. But the second one is Titans Jaguars for the AFC South title on Saturday night, and I'd actually want to watch that. Game.
0: I remember, uh, I remember when I was a kid. I was, when I say a kid, I mean teenager, uh, and I was working at uh, a restaurant. And um, it was when the first year Peyton Manning went to the—you can see this isn't that long ago—went to the he went to the Denver Broncos and he went to the the divisional round and he lost. Oh yeah! All I wanted was for him to lose. And uh, <laughs> I was in the kitchen and it was a slow night and I kept on going to the bathroom to peek over the bar and check check the score. <laughs> did you have a, a a smartphone back then? No. Well, probably. I probably I was did. going say that wasn't that. Might have been real. a flip phone, but nothing you could stream in a game on at that point. Oh. But anyway, um, today and the next episode. So this week is gonna be focused on kind of like a recap of some of our predictions from the year. Discuss uh, stuff that went wrong, and then on the next episode we'll discuss some things that went right um and and then we'll jump into next week uh, i think i think it's the let's see what do we got next week uh the fantasy football award show so we're gonna be decked out nice attire give out some awards and then we'll talk about some lessons learned from 2022 um and then uh, i would imagine on on to uh 2023 which is insane to think about that is insane
1: um, man, yeah, it's crazy. I'm still waiting on Monday night to see how many chips I won versus lost. But at like four o'clock on Sunday, it said I was, I was going to win all four of my games. I was literally four for four. I was like, this is great.
0: That's how it projected
1: works. to win all of them by like over 70%. Mm-hmm. Now, right before Monday night starts, I'm only projected to win in one of them. Ouch. just completely flipped uh losing
0: all of those yeah. cash
1: Justin Jefferson destroyed me in two leagues uh was it brain night yeah, I think brain night the four o'clock game, scored like twenty four points, and then I had somebody at the four o'clock game score like two like uh, that one flipped I
0: almost can't stand the projected thing. I know I don't even I, that's why I don't like looking at it. don't wanna look at it. But it's
1: right there in your face, so you have to. I know,
0: it's screaming at you. But anyway, today we're going to talk about biggest misses from 2022, our biggest misses, some predictions that we made uh, that led to uh, some calamity, some bad things. And uh, some of these decisions hurt our teams um, in, in a lot of leagues. So uh, we'll go through those. Before we do, check our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, please leave a review. Share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications. Like and comment down below any questions you may have. we got a big year coming up for fantasy football. New website coming this year, definitely, uh, in the works. Uh, all kinds of fun things. So no. uh, be sure to subscribe. Stay tuned uh, for all of those updates. Um, but let's jump into our biggest misses from twenty twenty two, a fantasy football. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's let's kick off with the first one here. I take off my shoes, take off my coat. This is gonna be painful. I was gonna say, why, why are you doing all that? I will say, why are you doing all that? I was gonna say, uh. I do want to preface this show. Like we like to lead off. Uh, it's funny how we like to lead off the new year and the new. Uh, I would say the new fantasy football calendar with our biggest misses. Uh, that is, I found that kind of interesting. I don't know why I listed that, but it's good to start off uh, by telling you guys if you're jumping in for the first. You lost. Your, I I remember uh, there was a season where I lost. The first season I started listening to fantasy football podcasts, and I lost. I think it might the second or first round of the playoffs, and I was really mad and I was like you know what I'm starting now so I started listening to fantasy football podcast in January
1: very interesting choice and uh,
0: so I mean for someone jumping in right now that found us and they're like starting to get ready for next year uh, if you're listening we're going to start with our mistakes (laughs) yep these were these
1: were the players that We got totally wrong about but which I think it's good that we're starting with this, get it out of the way, and then we can gloat about ourselves.
0: I was going to say, too, uh, be sure to listen to the next episode because we will talk about things that we got right. Uh, Not everyone is perfect, and admitting your faults and your mistakes is how it works. Uh, We're not going to be perfect in predicting things, by the way. Uh, No. Anyone that says they are is stupid, though. All right, so the first one that we have on this list, uh, and Rick was actually higher on on the whole operation here than I was. Yeah. Um so maybe Rick can kick off his thoughts on this, but it's the Denver Broncos offense. Um and all the projections and the predictions that we had uh coming into the season uh it just falling to pieces. Um Russell Wilson uh, I think Rick hot take bold take top 5 quarterback was that correct? Uh, I think something like that. Uh, Javante Williams breakout top ten running back. Um, yeah, obviously succumbed to injury, so not really our fault. Um, Jerry Judy, uh, I said he was going to be top twelve. I had a very strong feeling that that would be the case. In fact, both him and Cortland Sutton would be in that conversation. A um, lot of stuff, and now thinking about that, uh, it's it's astounding. So, what are your thoughts on this on this prediction? Okay. Let me
1: first start off by saying... Okay, here we go. We're going to preface. The Russell Wilson thing. One of my reasonings for him being a top five quarterback is because every single year in Seattle, outside of one, he was like a top mm-hmm. six or seven quarterback. So you go into Denver, um, Do the weapons downgrade maybe a little bit? Supposedly the offensive line was supposed to be better. It wasn't. It was actually worse than Seattle. Um, but the one thing I think that I undermined the most with this um, was the coaching staff. Nathaniel Hackett uh, is on the level of Urban Meyer bad mm. in terms of coaching. Uh, and you could tell right out the gate in week one and then he even hired an assistant to help him with clock management because oh, he screwed yeah. it up so bad. And yeah. you were like, this guy's just not he's not fit to be an NFL head coach. Yeah. He's just not. Um, which was very unfortunate because it screwed their whole season in that terms. And then Russell Wilson I don't want to give him no blame here. He sucked. He was awful all year. Terrible. Um, the offensive line was brutal all year. Uh, Javante Williams, I think, you know, he was somebody who was he was underwhelming a little bit, but he was doing okay. He was still like a top fifteen running back before he got hurt. Um, so it would have been interesting to see where he finished, but in such a bad offense, who knows? Um, and then Judy and Sutton. Uh, those guys were just purely based on how bad the offense was. I, I think Judy is still a good player. He does
0: yeah, he was, have his problem with drops in, in PPR. But, he was oh, this is half, but um, for for whatever reason on Fantasy Pros, my PPR is not loading. Oh, there it is. Um, Jerry Judy's wide receiver twenty six in PPR.
1: Yeah, wide receiver twenty six, and he did miss two full games, and then there was two games where he got hurt in the first quarter. So yeah. I think if all things were equaled out and he had a good, healthy season, he probably would have been a top 15 receiver. But Sutton on the other hand was brutal.
0: Yeah, wide receiver 45 on the season through 14 games. Um, Obviously, this is a 16-game season, so he missed two. He had 10.5 points a game. Uh, Jerry Judy had 12.9. I guess you could say a prediction that we got right here was choosing Jerry Judy over Cortland Sutton. Correct. We both Um, did
1: like Judy more than son, which was a hot take. A lot
0: of people. Yeah. A lot of people just like that that take now uh, choosing between the two at this point. Like Judy was a reasonable and okay. He actually was a guy that we started in a, in a league in a flex, um, uh, a league that we do together in a flex that is, we don't know if we won the championship yet. That's, that's determined tonight, but either way, um, but, yeah, he he was a guy that we were starting all the way up until the end of the season in the flex. And 179 at the wide receiver position is not bad in terms of fantasy points in PPR. Um, but I do think if he had a good offense or, you know, a competent offense that he was in and it wasn't like this Denver Broncos offense, uh, Jerry Judy would be, like, imagine him with the Chiefs. Imagine him with, you know, um, even Geno Smith. <laughs> like... Oh good. Yeah, memory. I know. So it's like, um, it just this, you know, Rick Rick's point about the it being the coaching staff is all right. So the question is here, like obviously, like everyone coming in, this this take is not uh subject just to us, like where we were just looking at Denver and being like, you know, we're right. we're the only people in on Denver. Most people were in on Denver. Most people were in on Denver. So as like a community, like where did fantasy football analysts go wrong and can we look at the you know coaching position and determine because it's a hard thing to determine preseason like you can't look at a coach and like I could you could look at Urban Meyer and be like this is probably a bad idea but because he hadn't coached in three years and he wasn't really that great at the end of his college football coaching career anyway so it was like you could kind of look at that and be like this isn't a great idea but like with guys like that um, like Nathaniel Hackett I I would imagine that it's it's hard it's to hard to predict. Now I will say one of the things I'm going to look at because I believe he was not an OC prior to taking this job. He was not. He was a quarterback. He coach. was like
1: an Oh yeah. Oh.
0: So maybe there's something there with the the whole hiring a coach that was a positions coach and not an offensive coordinator didn't have that like step up. Maybe there's uh-huh. something to that where it's like okay maybe they don't have the experience. Cause like Mike McDaniel, he was the offensive coordinator for San Francisco, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Hackett was clearly, I think the reason why, but I also think the whole key to the operation was not just the coach sucking it's Russ. He blows. He's not good. Yeah. He makes horrible decisions. He has, I don't think he has any arm left. Like the Russ that we saw in Seattle two years ago is gone. And, I don't know that it can come back and recover. And for Denver's sake, it has yeah. to. Like he's going to get paid fifty million. They Invested years.
1: so much, not just money, but draft capital. But
0: that's why guys like Judy and Sutton and even Javante, when he was out there, suffered because the yeah. offense was just bad. Now, um, I will say to get those picks that Rick just said back, I think they might trade Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and some of these assets, which um, would be like, I don't understand. Cause yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense to get the assets back,
1: but now you have no weapons for Russ in that offense. That already bad offense is even worse. It's probably yeah. the worst in the NFL. Like Judy's a young player too. I don't know. It, I don't know what direction they want to go in or what they're going to do, but it's going to be gross. No matter what.
0: So, the arrow is pointing up for Judy or down for Judy in Dynasty? Interesting question. I would say up. It's hard to go down from what it, like
1: we we saw flashes of a really good player this year, right? Playing in a really Finally. bad offense.
0: Before we just saw flashes so, of
1: good play. Now, we if saw he stays like in fantasy. Denver and they get a better coach, mm-hmm. even if they still suck, you would assume that the offense would be at least a little bit better, mm-hmm. which would be a good thing for Judy. Or he gets traded, and then he most likely lands in a better situation. Yeah, um, which would obviously be a plus for Judy. But um, he could also land in a horrible situation, mm-hmm. and then we'll see. But a
0: lot of different, a lot of different uh, busts for us, or misses there for one team. So I figured yeah, I'd throw Broncos. it all in, in one in one take. Um one. But I will say, I will say for uh, the sake of everything, um, this now turns into a situation where, like, we were looking, and I think you had the same thought, I had the same thought, you're looking at a situation where it's like you have a good defense, you have, you know, some good offensive pieces, a good offensive line. You said at times to me that you think the situation was even better than Seattle's and, like, all that stuff, and that this was like a Matt Stafford-like situation. Correct. Where it was gonna come in and that was gonna maybe the Matt Stafford situation was a one off freak thing and that we there is no right Matt Stafford. Well you situation.
1: could also so I agree with that, but then you could also look at Brady, his first year at the Bucks. But is that yeah. just because Brady's Brady?
0: So like if 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 But uh, then he had Mike Evans and Godwin right, too. Exactly. Um like uh if, if Arod for whatever reason goes to uh the Raiders, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Yeah are you buying in like you did with Stafford?
1: I I will tell you that I would, I would be interested, but I will be a lot more hesitant Okay, than I was last year because of Russ. Yeah. Russ has just thrown a wrench in all of that.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of, I think in fantasy football, what you, what we always look for is certainty. And this yeah. situation, new coach, new quarterback, young players that haven't really like Sutton had some wide receiver two at least years. Um, but like a lot of young players, and there's a, a lot of people saying breakouts for Cortland Sutton, breakout for Jerry Judy, breakout for Javante Williams, including us, obviously, for a situation that we really didn't know if it was going to work or not. Yeah. So maybe that's a like if, if there's a lot more changes this off season in terms of you know quarterbacks moving around the league and all that stuff, maybe we look at it and be like, okay, um, yeah. we're going to be more hesitant this time on jumping into a and and kind of breakout. At
1: least a couple quarterbacks on the move, so. We'll see, like Derek Carr, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know if any other big name guys will be on the move, but there there could be some moving pieces and we'll see how uh how everything shapes out. But yeah, definitely a little more hesitant on, on those offenses and coaching. Um yeah. we we talked about how important coaches is. We we you know when we have our coaches show, but it's still, as we said earlier, kinda hard to predict what coaches are gonna be successful in the NFL when they're new, right?
0: Right. Or they haven't coached in a while agreed um okay, uh let's talk about our second one. That was the biggest chunk one uh that I think we had to get out of the way. That was probably our biggest miss. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of these are misses, but there's some discussion here um second one was for both Rick and I. It was Darnell Mooney uh, of the Chicago Bears, and we both said that he was gonna he was a breakout wide receiver this year, yeah, um, whether it was top fifteen, you know top twenty. Um he obviously did, didn't do that. He missed a ton of time. Um Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And he's well, he did at the end in, in the beginning of the year, he was just putting up like to... bad numbers yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle of the season. He started to do okay, but it was too little too late.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I didn't put on this wrist, this, this wrist, this list. He also got hurt and I forgot about it. Alan Robinson. Um, oh yeah. That was a huge <laughs> yes. bust, but yeah. So, I it's funny because on our MIT on our hits show that we're going to, we're going to talk about another player from the bears. I won't spoil, uh, but you probably know who it is. Um, it's interesting that this player, uh, did not, um, have the breakout that we're talking about, even though the other player tied to him, uh, did, um, he just didn't, he didn't get the target share. He didn't get the opportunity that we thought he would get. Um, and it just was an extremely disappointing season. Even last year, uh, f- cycling between, um, you know, quarterbacks and situations with Matt Nagy as yeah. the coach. He had 81 catches, 1,000 yards, uh, four touchdown catches. This year in, I think, 10 games, something like that, he had 40 catches, 493 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, he took a massive step back. And so – um, that's even worse than his rookie season. So I don't really know what the future holds for Darnell Mooney. Um, his, to me, his dynasty tank, his dynasty stock has tanked. Um, yeah. and I, I like, I feel like Den. I feel like Chicago is going to go get obviously maybe some offensive line pieces and a really good wide receiver this year. And so I, I, would imagine that's going to hurt Darnell Mooney even further, but now he's going to be 26. He hasn't really had a massive breakout season in fantasy, and it's just starting to turn into a player that, like, if if I had him, I kind of wish I, I sold him in Dynasty, and I kind of wish I didn't draft him this year. So um, this is go. This goes back to something that I learned a couple years ago when we have it on our Lessons Learned podcast um, in the middle of this month. Uh, sometimes. Projecting players on bad offenses to have success is not a good idea. Yeah, and this would be
1: okay. one of them. Um, you know, I I really like Darnell Mooney, and I remember one of my arguments was that his target share was great last year, and it's not going to really change because look at the weapons on that team. It's no, there's nobody there, mm-hmm. so Mooney's going to demand a high target share, and he actually still did. The only he was. He had a 25% target share, which is 20th in the NFL. That's pretty decent. The problem was the Bears were throwing the ball about 15 times a game, so it did yeah. not matter. When your team throws the ball 15 times a game, you don't want any any wide receiver, any tight end, even the quarterback in 99% of the cases. You don't want mm-hmm. anyone outside of the running backs yeah. in that offense. And that's how it was for the majority of the season. Later on in the year, there were a couple games where they let Fields throw it more, but especially in the beginning of the year, um, they were running the ball a lot, especially with the running backs. Um, Eventually, they figured out they needed to run it with the quarterback as well, and that helped um, with the offense. But, yeah, it took them a while to get to that point. And he he definitely was hurt because of it. Uh, Only two touchdowns. I didn't expect Mooney to have a ton of touchdowns, but more than two. I was hoping for a couple more. But that beginning of the season really hurt. Those first three games, three targets, two targets, six targets, one fantasy point, zero fantasy points, four fantasy points. Um, That is brutal. And uh, from that point on, he still wasn't good. But he had some good moments. 13-7, 13-8, 12-17, 9-12. So... Had a couple solid games in there. He was at least like a flex-worthy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he got injured and was placed on IR, so it ruined his season. But I don't know. It was hard. Yeah, I think the offense the offense was just not good enough, and um, which ended up being a good offense, but it was just purely a running offense. The passing offense is not very good. Uh, um, yeah. And we probably, I guess, we took it into account, but maybe not enough or so, yeah
0: yeah i I think, like I, there are so many guys that are tempting that I really like. Like Mooney was one of those guys that I was like I really, really liked based on his numbers from last year. Obviously, you know, he had a decent fantasy season last year, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, third year in the NFL, like this could be the breakout. Yep. And it just wasn't. And, you know, it might, I mean, if they, if they trust and rely on him and they say he's a good player and he comes back next year, they get some offensive line pieces, Fields takes a step forward. Like things could start coming together where he could have a really good season next year, but I'm going to be more hesitant until I see the bears put together a, a, you know, an efficient NFL offense that doesn't just require the quarterbacks running in circles until he finds an open lane um all right let's talk about the next guy this one was tied to me i on our bold prediction episode rick takes three bold predictions i take three pulled predictions and um this one was pretty bad for me so um, i'll quickly do that rick will give his take It is a bold prediction and then we'll talk about the last one um so i said saquon barkley will underperform his adp uh i think his adp was like rb12
1: uh-huh.
0: rb13 Yep. Uh, I would say he completely and outstandingly overperformed that. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Through 16 weeks, through the entire fantasy season, he was the RB5 in PPR. Yeah. 284 fantasy points, blowing things out of the water. Now, I believe my reasoning behind uh, Saquon Barkley is, not having success this year was more tied to um a the injury thing and b right. he really didn't produce after his plethora of injuries and in in the midst of those injuries he really didn't put together really good performances since like his I, it was either his rookie year or his second year the year he broke out mm-hmm. he hadn't put together like a really good stretch of fantasy football like performances since then and people kept drafting him as if he was that and I think there was concern for me from that perspective that, you know, this was one of those when I went back to the he's on a bad offense situation and the Giants actually ended up being a a better offense than we thought. But he's on not a great offense. They don't have a good offensive line. Their quarterback is Daniel Jones. They don't have any receivers. Like you just looked at that whole team and you were like, right. Yeah, there's no way Saquon Barkley shreds the field. And uh, he did just the opposite um, and had a really good season. Now I shifted focus real quick. um, And I wish I kept Christian McCaffrey for the sake of my fantasy championship because they both kind of performed the same. Um, But I traded him for him in a league when he was uh, ranked as the, the running back one for a good middle portion of the schedule and, Um, you know that kind of saved my season because there was that time where Christian McCaffrey couldn't play because he was traded and he went to a new team and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, anyway, um, so that was my biggest miss. I think in the future, um, I don't, I don't know what I can do. To there's just some players I don't trust, like Henry, RB four again, didn't didn't make any takes on him, any takes. I I avoided the take hole of Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, even though Rick and I wanted to dive down the take hole, we didn't and, do it. Uh, we didn't do it uh, because Henry just uh, he continues. We're going to go well, in hey, on running back. Uh, yeah, he just continues to be really good. But like he's a guy that I just don't like. And Barkley was a guy that I didn't like based on his, you know, he was a really good season one. And I was he good season two. I can't remember. Um yeah, he
1: was he, that was his first year he got hurt though, but he played most of the season and then got hurt.
0: But after that first injury, he just kind of collapsed. So to me I was more afraid of you know the injuries catching up to him and not being um like him not having enough in the tank to carry an offense, but clearly it was enough and and he's really good and I he should be if I, if I were you, I'd sell him in dynasty now.
1: Oh yeah, probably right now. But in defense um, to you. Yeah. Um, you did switch up quick because (laughs) you got Barkley and your team like in week four. Yeah. Like, or whatever it was in the beginning of the season. So you were like, all right, Barkley is going to have a good year. Mm -hmm. And also, like, your reasoning made sense. Like, the injuries have been so scary. I think anybody, if you would have told them, Saquon Barkley is going to play the full season, most people would have been a lot more inclined to draft him and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I feel a lot more comfortable with that. Cause that was one of the biggest things, things with him and McCaffrey um, was injuries. And it scared a lot of people away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the giants offense too, like has been a mess all uh, last couple seasons. And to be honest, going into the year, it didn't really look like it was that great. Anyway, Danny dimes is still the quarterback. The receivers are not that good. Their offensive line looked okay because they had Evan Neal, who they drafted in the top, what five, I think, or mm-hmm. six or seven. Yeah. They took him early in the first round um, at right tackle. So you, you, there were some pieces on the offensive line, but it, you know, we had we hadn't seen it. Um so there were so many question marks with that team. Would Dayball be a good coach? But every mm-hmm. single question got answered the offensive line, played well. Danny Dimes took a step. Brian Dayball to me uh is already one of the like a top 10 top 12 coach in the NFL. I think Mm -hmm. he's in a a very good offensive mind, very good coach. So you added all those things and then he stays healthy. Um, It was, it was everything came together for Barkley pretty well, but he still wasn't like the RB one RB five, which was, you know, very, very good. That
0: overperforms the ADP. If you you were able to now, if he was on the board, I probably would have, I probably would have drafted him. He got picked two picks before me. So, um, i would have i was thinking about taking him
1: but then stefan biggs fell in the second round i was like okay yeah yeah. i mean that's a good that's decision. easy money
0: um all right rick give us your your take from last year um,
1: um all my bold predictions are, are were awful uh <laughs> and i think that's like two years in a row maybe i shouldn't go too bold on my bold predictions next year
0: i think you had something um, to do T. law though so there you go. Oh,
1: did I? Yeah. Okay, good. So I went one for three. Because I, I think the other one was Mooney, right? Or yeah. Russ? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: it was Akers, Russ, and something else. Okay. okay. Anyway. And then t maybe.
1: All right. Well, then I went one for three. I'll take that. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, I said Cam Akers, in a, as a bold prediction, will be a top 12 running back. And boy, was I wrong. And I, like Morgan, got off the train very quickly. I traded him away. In like week two, I watched two games of the Rams and Cam Akers. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm not sitting here with Cam Bakers on my team. Um, let's see. What was my reasoning? I think number one um, was the offense. That ended up being completely wrong. Even when I thought Stafford the, was
0: on the field, they sucked.
1: Even when Stafford was on the field, they sucked. And then Stafford got hurt, and it was just as bad, if not worse. Um, but it has kind of turned around late in the season here with Baker, which is funny, and it has for Cam makers as well. One of my reasons was that offense was so good the year before mm-hmm. um, that usually you're going to have a starting running back in an elite offense usually means pretty good things. You look at the offenses in the NFL right now that are yeah. in the top of the NFL, and you look at their running backs, and most of them are pretty good, right? Most of their starting running backs pretty good for fantasy. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty simple mindset, but usually it works out. Um, the Achilles injury did scare me, but I was like – I don't really think Daryl Henderson is that good, which is true. Yeah, and eventually he's going to take over as the guy as long as he can come kind of close to what he was before, which I think eventually did happen. It just took the entire season. Yeah. Um. So yeah, makers. I'm going to stay away from <laughs> running backs and Achilles injuries. Um. That that's probably the biggest thing. Biggest takeaway there. Yeah, it's one.
0: there's there's clear evidence for running backs and killy and Achilles injuries. Like, they can come back from ACLs, but the Achilles injuries really kill people. You saw James Robinson came out um, a little bit hot this year. He looked year. good. He looked good, <laughs> and, then, and then he just kind of slowly collapsed, got traded to the Jets, and and now he's basically dead. Like, he's he has no value whatsoever. So, um, you know, Cam Akers kind of in that same boat. He has been playing better lately. I don't know if that will translate. The difference is, like, I feel like he got injured so early in uh his life in terms of the achilles injury that i maybe he can recover from it but uh um, yeah he's had some good games i don't know if that's enough for the rams to run with it we'll see um but yeah i cam Akers being top 12 i also was on board with that so that wasn't just um a rick take hole um but that was one of his bold predictions uh and then the final one um number five don't draft amari cooper we said that in our do not draft show now that show actually was pretty good we hit on a lot of players on the show so we I guess we know okay. how to tell people uh, not to draft certain players. to stay away from certain players yeah but uh, Amari Cooper was one of those players that we told you to stay away from more specifically because uh, n- not for the reasons that we thought but Deshaun Watson you know not playing for most of the season Jacoby Brissett having to be the starting quarterback of the Browns are probably not going to be that good for most of the season um and you know and it wasn't going to be a good look for Amari Cooper on the season, um, Amari Cooper was the wide receiver 8. Um, hold on a second. That wasn't standard. 10 in PPR. Yeah, a wide receiver 10 in PPR. So um, he, he even overperformed the ADP that he was getting drafted at. Um, so, I mean, really good things from Amari Cooper this year. Uh, it makes you wonder for next year if Deshaun Watson does take a step forward. You know, does that mean even better things for Amari Cooper? He's kind of getting a, a little bit old. Um but uh yeah I I this was another situation. I feel like I feel like the really the teams that we thought were gonna be really, really good, i.e. Denver, um the Raiders, the Rams, they all weren't even when they had their guys healthy, they weren't good. And all these random teams like Seattle, like Cleveland, the Giants, the the Giants, the Jets, even at times, like they've they played well. So it's just I don't know if that's because this year historically the the play in the league is just really bad um or if some of the the bad teams are getting better I don't know find out next year but um Amari Cooper benefited from that and that was one of our biggest mistakes. Right. Well the Browns and I, I like- suffered because of it because the person I was playing had him starting in their flex and he scored 25 fantasy points. On three on, freaking yeah. catches,
1: four targets. That's sad. I don't. Okay, have, I, think, I don't I, have
0: the fairy dust, my guy. I don't. I think
1: that happened to me too. Um, yeah, the Browns though, like they had a good roster. It wasn't necessarily their team. Yeah. Um, like even with Baker, they were you know borderline playoff team or a mm-hmm. playoff team. Um, the problem was they had Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Yeah. And it felt like they were going to. Kind of what the Bears did in the beginning of the season, where they threw the ball 15 times and they just ran it to the running backs like 30 times a game. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought the Browns were going to do, just force it to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I didn't think the offense would be that good in general. Yeah. Um, historically, for likes to throw to tight ends, which he still did. Uh, so it was just a lot of negative things for Cooper. Watson wasn't going to come back till week like, what was it, 12? Mm hmm. And even so, how good would he be when he came back? There's so many question marks for the Mari Cooper, but it didn't matter. With Jacoby Brissett in there, he did really good. He had seven touchdowns. Um, he had almost a thousand yards with Brissett. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good catch amount. He actually was almost better with Brissett than he has been with Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would have neg- like negative games where they would do that and they would run the ball a ton and. Brissett wouldn't play good or they wouldn't throw to him. But then he'd have a games where Brissett would throw to him twelve, thirteen times because they felt like he was the only guy or the best option. And if you're in PPR league and you're a receiver and you're getting twelve, thirteen targets, yeah, the offense has to be so brutal for you, or you have to be so brutal mm-hmm. to not put up good fantasy numbers with that amount right. of targets. So right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we just undermined maybe uh Brissett yeah. in the Browns offense.
0: I guess so. That I will say, I feel will like say, that's a good thought process. If but. you know how to run the Shanahan McVay system, uh, as a as a head coach, I feel like at this point it doesn't really matter who you have at quarterback with that system. Yeah. As long as that guy, Defaine, as long what as what is is that Faine's guy Defaine's can football. make the throws that he needs to make and be smart, you're fine.
1: Right. Right. Well, yeah, as long as he's not like Zach Wilson. He's a yes, that's fair. dummy. Yeah. But like if he's a reasonable NFL, you know, backup level quarterback, he's not a, dummy. Like a game manager. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Like Brissette, then Oh, man.
0: Yeah. At least Rick doesn't fall into the take hole. We don't do that around here. As you can see, we dump We dump two of these guys real fast. I was
1: actually, you know, it's funny. I was watching a Josh Allen interview okay. with Kayla Preston. I don't know if you saw that. The Sunday conversations mm-hmm. on Barstool. Nope. They're hilarious by the way, you should watch him.
0: Okay.
1: Uh so I'll he do. did an interview with Caleb Presley. And like you could tell though, Josh Allen's like quick witted. Yeah. He's not dumb. And you can tell that he's smart. And I was watching that interview, and my takeaway was Zach Wilson will always be bad. Because people say that Zach Wilson has the talent, which he clearly does. I was one of those people I think he has talent. But and people will say, like, just like Josh Allen struggled. Zach Wilson struggled he could he could do that which I think in theory is true the problem is I don't think Zach Wilson is nearly as smart as Josh Allen Josh Allen is a smart guy even though he doesn't necessarily always give it off that way yeah. you can just tell by the way he's he talks and presents himself and like the, in that interview specifically like quick witted responses you're like okay well he's not an idiot this guy is like has a brain I don't know if Zach Wilson has a brain and you can need a brain <laughs> in the NFL to be a quarterback. Yeah, I you think, do. I it's think just, people, it is under- a must. I,
0: and like, uh, even when you were like high on Zach Wilson, um, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I didn't think it was going to be like horrible, but I also kind of saw like there being a bust potential. Like he kind of reminded me a little bit of Johnny Menzel in terms right. of mannerisms and character. Um, And it's just like when you're a complete, like, freaking social media, like, I don't know. I just, he's a dink.
1: He is. He's a dink. And I'm
0: like, I I just can't, I, I, I'm like, I looked at him and I'm like, this doesn't look like, like Mahomes, as much as I don't like him, that's purely on football. Like he is a smart, good guy. So is Josh Allen. So is Joe Burrow. Like, right. Zach Wilson does not have any of those traits. No. So, sorry, no. Zach. He's probably going to get a second chance, though. Did you see, like, Justin Justin Fields, like, putting everything on himself over the last couple weeks. Like, yeah. he may not be great passing the ball right now. And you can put that on him. You cannot put that on him. But Zach Wilson literally said, no, what wasn't my fault. I don't let the defense right. down. When, when, when they points.
1: scored three points against the Patriots. Yeah. So he had like
0: a hundred passing
1: yards and interceptions.
0: I I just, I can't, I can't with that kid sometimes, but you could kind of see that. And we can't go into the meeting rooms with people, you know, and kind of see what goes on and stuff like that. And, but I I, like just knowing how even NFL coaches have to call plays. Like you gotta be real smart to be in that game. So anyway, long story short, there are biggest misses from the 2022 fantasy football season. Um, on Thursday, we're going to hit you up with our biggest hits from the 2022 fantasy season, some predictions that we got, right. So be sure to check that out. Uh, and then we'll jump into 2023 content next week. See you later guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the fantasy champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.